It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 255 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, January 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. The show's on Twitter as well, Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. Of course, make sure you're checking out all the Locked On podcasts as well for both the NFL and NBA networks. If you're a fan of an NFL team that's moved on in the playoffs, make sure you're finding that corresponding show on the NFL network. And if you're a fan of an NBA team or you're interested in a particular story, make sure you're checking that out as well. I'm sure Locked On Lakers will have some good stuff about the LeVar Ball, Luke Walton, whatnot. Um, and all the other shows. I always end up plugging the Lakers show because Anthony and Harrison are really good, but also the Lakers just have endless stuff going on, and they're weird. But uh, you can check out all the other Lockdown shows as well. If you find a show you like, leave a rating or a review on the iTunes page. And please do that with us. Find Lockdown Raptors on iTunes. Uh, we're up over 50 reviews now, and I very much appreciate everyone who's taking the time. It really helps us out to move us up the rankings. It's you know, very friendly to the algorithm that iTunes uses. I don't really know how it works, but please leave a rating or review. It's the easiest way to help us out. It takes no money, takes no time, and uh, it really does help it out. So please do that. On today's show, I'm joined by our pal Vivek Jacob. We're going to recap the weekend and... Mostly, I mean, we're recording this after the Nets game, so we're probably just mostly going to talk about Kyle Lowry's ass. Um, that's, uh, I think, the direction this is probably going to go in. This was going to kind of be a recap, look back at the Bucks game, but obviously more pressing issues at hand now with Kyle Lowry going down. Um, if you didn't catch the game, the Raptors beat the Nets in overtime, 114-113. Uh, an ugly game from the Raptors, but, I don't know, this was kind of a fun game to watch. Is, would you agree with that, Vivek? Uh, in an excruciatingly fun way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just down the stretch, it was really frustrating to see the number of open shots the Raptors were giving up. It looked mm-hmm. like they had the game in the bag, and they just kept kept giving up a wide open three or an offensive rebound, and just kept allowing the Nets to hang in there, and then eventually uh, take it to overtime, where everything you hate to see happened. Yeah, so if you, I mean, the Raptors ended up pulling it out, thankfully, and it, it invaded the, the Spencer Dinwiddie onslaught. He finished with 31 points, only 10 of 24 shooting, but uh, he was really effective. He had, I think, 14 in the fourth quarter, 16 in the fourth quarter for the Nets to kind of bring him back. Um, this was one of those games that it, it was kind of following the script of most Raptors games this season where they don't really pull away, but they like comfortably win by 10 or 12 points. And it's like, yeah, that was a, a very professional win that didn't require much in the way of effort. And the, the Nets are really annoying, and they don't stop coming at you. And this is what happens, I guess, against the Nets when you're not sort of putting full throttle behind trying to put them away and they they come out and they they play annoying defense and they hit a bunch of shots late that they weren't hitting earlier in the game and you end up having uh you know a pretty close high scoring game because the the Nets have played a super high pace the Raptors were kind of matching that and uh yeah in overtime it was uh yeah the the offense I don't know would you say that the Raptors offense was this like the most primitive you've seen it in I don't know months like since maybe that Celtics game back in November 
Yeah, I would say so. I mean, uh, I, I guess we saw a slight shades of it uh, early in that Milwaukee game at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it. And so I guess I don't know if it's something to be concerned about if there's the, the sort of whether it's an over reliance on DeRozan or just riding the hot hand. Um, but you know, you look at the stretch that Jonas had, so going inside there made sense. And but, but yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I might be overstating a little bit there. I think the the hot hand thing with Demar is probably very true. Like, why not just have him go off when he's on a hot streak like this? He's shooting over his last four games. He's shooting fifty three, fifty, eighty seven. Uh, that's a slash line, which is pretty nuts. Um, mm-hmm. He's been insane. So, like, why not let him go? He just won Player of the Week again. Um, his third of the season now. Uh, it's kind of just Monday at this point when he wins one. But um, I think, yeah, I, that Bucks game last week, I think it was kind of by design almost why they were kind of going to that offense. I think they were trying to goat the, the Bucks into doing what they do on defense, which is scramble recklessly and get out of position. And I think the Raptors are totally okay doing that. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, you know, late in the game. I think it was mostly in the fourth quarter, like in crunch time, where I think I kind of saw flashes of the past Raptors offense and people were kind of all, you know, getting upset about it. Again, like, I don't really think this is all that much of a thing to be worried about. I think for the most part, the Raptors ran really good offense today. They got a million open threes that they just missed. They were 10 of 34 from the night, uh, on the night from three. Um, and the first quarter, you know, I mean, it was kind of crazy. The Raptors came out so hot in the first three or four minutes. It looked like they were just going to run away with it from the start. Um, you know, DeMar had four assists mm-hmm. on the first, like, five buckets for the team. Uh, Jonas hit a three. Jonas was, like, picking and popping, which was incredible. Um, he had 21 and 13, a really nice game for Jonas again. And everyone, everything was kind of flowing. Like, Kyle was, you know, hitting, you know, pull-up threes in transition. Uh, but after that, it kind of – I'm not even sure – Outside of the last couple of minutes on a couple of DeMar possessions, if it really was all that different on the offensive side, like I think it was just a matter of dudes missing shots. Like CJ Miles was one of seven from the field, one of six from deep. Like it wasn't just, it was just not a very good game overall from a shooting perspective. Um, but I think the process was probably fine enough. Um, but yeah, late in the game, I guess we can talk about the last possession in regulation. The DeLon Wright has the ball in the inbound. He waits for, or I guess Kyle was supposed to set a screen for DeMar. Kyle waited too long to go set the screen, uh, and then DeMar gets the ball with like three dudes converging on him and no shot of getting a clean look at the basket, and it goes to overtime. Did that play concern you at all? Yeah, it just seemed weird, first of all, inbounding to DeLon Wright. Um, yeah. You'd think that they'd just go to the two, go to guys. Uh, but even then, if, if the play is to go to DeLon Wright, um, was it, I believe it was 9.3 or 9.4 on the clock when they started the play. Mm-hmm. And they let it run down to, I think, four seconds or maybe a bit under that yeah. before they actually really got into it. So I think you want to start that at about six or seven and you know give DeRozan as much time to make the best decision possible. Um, so that was a little weird. And then the other thing I was thinking about was if that's the play you're going to run, um, why not have Fred VanVleet instead of DeLon just so, you know, he's more of a credible three-point threat. It yeah. makes the defender think twice about, you know, going and doubling right away. Um, and it makes uh, DeRozan, uh, it gives DeRozan a bit of a better option um, to yeah. throw it to. So, that is so yeah, just a few things with that play that bothered me. Um, yeah, not concerning uh, if you're, I mean, it is a concern if you're uh, looking at the two games ahead. Well, after, well, the 
you begin. So yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, no, that was, I like your point about DeLon being the initiator. It probably should have been either Kyle. Like, you don't need Kyle to set that screen, I don't think. Like, you could have Kyle run, like, run that play the way DeLon did, have someone else set the screen, you would think. Um, and that's something they've had a lot of success with, with you know, the one-two. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, so. yeah and, but the other thing, too, is, like, when you don't start it till four seconds left, there's not even any time for, once DeMar gets the ball, to make a read and try to make a pass to anybody. Like, he's just kind of put in a situation where he has to throw something up, so... Um, yeah, that was ugly. Uh, again, it's kind of been the case with all like all season long with these little nitty like nitpicky things in crunch time. Like for the most part, they've been really good. And like the the game, I think on Monday against the Bucks last week, like it was a really good example of like how far they've come. I think their crunch time offense was a lot better. Um, but yep. yeah, like I, I don't know. It, it's one of the one of those things that people are going to get upset about it because there's very few things to get upset about. So you got to latch on to something. Um, let's talk about Larry before we kind of backtrack and look at, at the Bucks game on Friday, which probably is a bit more telling in terms of how far the Raptors have come. Um, okay. So Lowry goes up for a rebound with like, I don't know, two minutes left, something like that. And over time, he, he gets like undercut by Quincy AC while Joe Harris is going for the ball when he doesn't really have a chance for it. And Lowry falls like directly on his back, and it was pretty terrifying. Uh, he couldn't really yep. move. He got up and he did the whole like take take a couple steps and the legs just give out because the back obviously couldn't handle it. Um, and it's it's really silly. I, I mean, there's some people out there saying, "Oh, this is terrifying. This is so so bad." I said it's terrifying. Um, it, just in terms of him being on the ground on the ground like that, just in so much pain. But like, I don't really think it, it's too soon to sort of just guess as to what it is right like people should i think maybe just take a step back like it looked really bad for sure um from what's coming out uh from the locker room it sounds like it's not the uh hold on there's a a video here maybe i'll pull it up um but it sounds like it's not like the worst thing in the world uh kyle seemed pretty playful about it uh he got wheeled out he said he was going to get x-rays on his ass um, I'm sure he's just getting wheeled out as a precaution, stuff like that. I'm kind of surprised they had Jonas and Bebe just carry him shrewdly into the back. Yeah, I was like, why to... can't you get a stretcher? Yeah. Just be safe. <laughs> so, I mean, just having the, I mean, it's hard. It's There's so many things that happen. You can try to draw, like, what everything means from it. But, like, he's, I think it's, I'm a little bit more optimistic because they seem to be pretty, like, playful about it right now. Like, I feel like if it was, like, definitely serious, you wouldn't see Kyle getting wheeled out in front of the entire media and him saying, I want to get x-rays on my ass. Like, I feel like it's probably a good sign. I, I, I would hope he's not playing tomorrow against the Heat. Um, that would be, like, are you in agreement I'd be there? Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Like, even if it's – it doesn't make sense even if it's um, – even if he's healthy. Just, like, just give him some time and just let him chill and, and just see because – uh, he's too valuable, and you, if you can have him for those games against the Cavs and Warriors later this week, I mean, that is obviously priority number one. Um, yep. But if not, the Raptors have an excuse as to why they lose those games, so that's cool too. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> 
so let's just say he does miss some time here. We've seen the Raptors with a different roster, of course, with some more veteran you know makeup than they have this year. But we've seen the Raptors weather the storm pretty well without Lowry last year, and then fourteen and seven down the stretch when he was out with the wrist thing. Um, are you particularly concerned if Kyle misses, say, a couple weeks here? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not too concerned. Obviously, it's a problem when you're playing the best teams like Golden State and Cleveland. But I think the depth that the Raptors have at point guard. Uh, you look at what Delon and and Fred Bentley have done this season. I think there's enough uh, skill and talent there to get through uh, most of the other teams. It's mm-hmm. just you know obviously the Warriors and Cavaliers that would present a problem. And you look at. Cleveland, they, they might not even have Isaiah Thomas for that game uh, after his sort of clothesline on Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I, I think it might be a good break for Lowry, let him take as much time as he needs to recover. Um, and then, you know, maybe, maybe you get uh, DeLon and uh, Fred Van Vliet to learn a bit more about themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Do you start Fred or DeLon? That's a good question. Uh, I think I think I would start Delon, mm-hmm. um, just because of his ability defensively, and you can put him beside DeRozan, where you know his own offense uh, isn't going to matter as much. And then uh, with with the second unit, you can have Fred more as a steady guy that can run the second unit and still be a credible three point threat. So uh, I like the idea of. Uh, bringing Fred off the bench, especially with his size. Yeah, I, I think DeLon's a better player than Fred, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I can see the, a situation in which Casey talks himself into starting Fred, um, mm-hmm. just as more of, like, I mean, the whole, like, Fred and Lowry comparisons have gotten out of hand, but, like, in terms of just, like, style of player, like, he's a shooter who can kind of work off ball a little bit. Um, you're okay having DeMar with the ball in his hands in that situation. And I, I feel like maybe, like, stylistically, if you want to keep the starting five functioning the same way it has for the last little while, maybe Fred is the way to go there. Um, right. But I still think DeLon would probably get more minutes in that situation. Like, I think DeLon has shown over the last couple of games here, last week or so, with that game last week against Chicago and even over the weekend. Um, like, I think he's just more of a, he's just more of an impact guy than Fred is. But um, I, I can see if you want to maintain the shooting on, on, the, on the court. I mean, Fred, is, his shot's been a little iffy this season compared to, I think, where we thought it was going to be coming into the year. But um, mm-hmm. I still would trust his three-point stroke more than DeLon's at this point. Um, so maybe that's a... I think there's an argument there to be made. that, Or they could do something different. And maybe they go just like DeMar point guard with like... Like, what if they threw Miles in there? Would you be interested in that? I think that's an interesting concept because you look at what they've done in a lot of ways. It's almost go towards what Houston did last season with Harden so much on the ball, right? Yeah. Um, So you have DeRozan as the primary playmaker. So if he's handling the ball that much anyway, you can afford to play uh, CJ Miles or, you know, if you're really looking to not touch that bench rotation you can go back to starting Norman Powell mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, yeah I, can, I can definitely see the case for that as well I don't I don't know if that's something they would commit to um, especially if it's a if it's a long term thing yeah uh, but uh, yeah I, again I'm not going to speculate on how long he's going to be out for now so yeah. I guess we'll see 
I actually, if Kyle does miss any extended period of time, I'm actually shipping for Demar to start point guard. That would be fun. <laughs> be funky yeah. and weird. I want to see. It would it. definitely be fun. It would definitely be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, give me Demar pull up threes coming around screens as a point guard. Uh, he can do it now. <laughs> Let's see it. Um, yeah. Give me De- like the Miles and Demar backcourt. In theory, would get eviscerated defensively, but I mean, yeah, it'd probably be pretty decent offensively as well. Um, one other thing, and this kind of goes back to the game on Friday, uh, although OG was really good defensively on Giannis for big parts of that game. OG feels like he's kind of coming back to earth a little bit. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I sort of mentioned this in the OG piece I wrote um, a few days ago that he was four for his last 24 from three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but, but that was before uh, tonight's game. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely fallen off a little bit, um, whether that's a bit of the rookie wall or, you know, again, this is a guy coming off uh, an ACL injury and recovering, and so you don't really know uh, if he's sort of heading into uncharted territory in terms of how his leg's feeling. So, yeah, um, it would be nice to see him come out of it. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just something you got to wait out and see where it goes. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, he's still effective on defense, though, and I think that's probably the most important thing you want from him anyway. I mean, the shooting was always kind of gravy when he was hitting 46% or whatever he was at. Um, He's down to 39 now. I don't think tonight's game is updated on basketball reference, so probably dropped to about 38 and a half, 38 or something like that, which, like, you still would have taken that a million times out of a million coming into the season. Um, Yeah, so he's five for his last 31 now. Yeah. So it's not great, um, but there's still like there are reasons to have him on the court. His passing's still good. He made that play tonight. Uh, it was on a missed three actually, but the ball fake he made that was just like I don't know. It was an, it was an incredible ball fake. I, I I jumped out of my seat with that, even though he missed yeah. the three. Um, yeah, like, he had the nice uh, and one play as well. Yeah, yeah. So like he still has these moments where he's he's flashing sort of the, the upside stuff that we get really excited about. And, I mean, a week ago, what was it, against the Bucks, he had, like, an incredible game, right? And he, you know, got really, played really good defense on Giannis. He had a few dunks. Like, um, so maybe, like, the last couple of games are clouding it a little bit. But I, I feel like there's been a little bit less in terms of just, like, stuff to be super excited about with OG over the last little while here. So something to keep an eye on, at least. I don't think we're yeah. getting close to changing the starting five or anything like that because I think Norm continues to be... Uh, kind of unplayable at this point, but <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, just two minutes tonight. He got Club Trillion tonight, so that's cool. Um, yeah, he's uh, he he's looking rough, man. I don't even know what to say about Norm at this point. Like, we've said all the things that he's doing poorly, and he's not doing them better at all. Um, and it's kind of just like a human victory scar at this point, which is not what I would have expected. I was talking. Tomorrow's episode, uh, which will come out probably like six hours after this one posts, um, is with Wes Goldberg from Lockdown Heat. We talked about Josh Richardson. And, like, think about how Powell and Richardson have kind of diverged this season in terms of how they've developed. It's kind of nuts. But um, Mm. you can listen to that podcast for more on Josh Richardson and Norm Powell and how they compare right now. Um, Do you think that 
from a mental standpoint, you look at Norm and the way he played the last two seasons where he arguably deserved a starting role and you know, there was there was almost no way Damari Carroll could be usurped. And now he's given the starting role and in twelve games they just say, Hey, no more. Mm-hmm. Do you think that has an impact to where it's like, Hey, I clearly outplayed this guy for the better part of two seasons and you guys wouldn't give me a shot, a consistent shot. And now in twelve games you guys just kicked me out of the rotation. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, I guess Paolo's contract hasn't kicked in yet, but you could also make the argument that, like, the same sort of politics apply to his situation, right? Like, he's a guy they've invested in long-term with the extension. Um, OG's a rookie. Uh, and you would think that, like, seniority-wise, and just based on the fact that Norm has saved him in the playoffs a couple times and that he's got two seasons of uh, pretty consistent production in the books, like, yeah, you would think maybe... Uh, he would have more of a firm grasp on that starting role. At the same time, I feel like, you know, you look at what happened with how he lost his job. I mean, he got hurt, and then OG comes in and holds James Harden at 2 for 15, um, and the team goes on a run without Norm. Like, I feel like there's, like, and the starting five wasn't performing very well with Norm in there. Um, Like, I think there was reason to do it. Like, maybe it was a bit of a quick... Oh, absolutely. I'm not questioning that OG should be the starter. I'm just saying, from Norman's, Norman Powell's perspective, he's saying, well, you're making the right decision now. Yeah. Why wasn't I given the same opportunity last year and the season before? You know what I mean? I just feel like that's something that could easily be weighing on his mind. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I hadn't really thought about that. That's actually a pretty decent point, but... Um, yeah, I, I, we'll see. I mean, if this Lowry thing is a thing, I'm sure Powell will get some minutes out of it. Um, maybe that's where you can find a way to sort of claw his way back into the rotation because, like, he is pretty clearly guy number 12 right now, even behind Bebe. Like, Bebe's getting run ahead of him pretty consistently now. So, um, yeah, I don't know where it goes now for Powell, but it's uh, if the Lowry thing is prolonged, which, again, we have no idea if it's going to be, that'll be... Uh, a thing to keep an eye on for sure. Um, that game on Friday against the Bucks, that was really fun, huh? That was incredible. <laughs> that third um, quarter, man. <laughs> oh man, where do we start? Uh, I mean, DeRozan, like you, you look at the way he's playing now and the way he's moving the ball, and you know, you look at the way uh, he was the go-to guy in that fifty-two point game, hmm. and. You know, in a lot of ways, he took what the defense gave him. In the first quarter, it, they were sort of letting him have a shot, and he dropped 21 points, but he, but, but he also finished the game with eight assists. So it wasn't like he was just looking for a shot. And then you look at uh, the game on the road, and he was happy to kill them with the pass, and he was happy to, happy to take whatever the defense was giving him. And, and then that third quarter with Jonas Valanciunas, I mean, you had the Rosen mean, mug, mean mugging after a JV bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, that, that third quarter might be the best third quarter of the season. Um, I don't think, it, I think the last time I I had that much fun watching was probably when they shut down Portland in that second quarter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on the road. That, that was incredible, too. So, yeah, I mean, so much to like about that third quarter. You look at what Serge Ibaka is giving the team right now, uh, finishing tonight's game with six blocks. Um yeah, it's just a lot of fun to watch this team right now. 
Yeah, and here's hoping the Kyle thing doesn't derail that because yeah, that Bucks game was was incredible. I, the DeRozan stuff, you kind of hit on all of it. I mean, that's when he becomes unguardable, right? Like when teams can't decide what they'd rather give up, either his buckets or his passing to other guys in the team. And um, you know, maybe guys on the team this year are hitting shots in the way that guys wouldn't last year, and that helps bring up DeRozan's effectiveness as well. It's all kind of working in concert now, and it's uh, it's really fun to watch. I was expecting that game against the Bucks to just kind of like be another slog, like not a slog, but just like a really close back and forth game, like yep. the one last week was, right? Like I was fully expecting just like a, a down to the wire finish. The the Bucks are playing well. The the home crowd was pretty pumped up, and for the Raptors to come out and just silence them in the third quarter, I mean that was a really I think telling moment for how far this team has come. Um, yep. And it's it was nice, especially too, like with it being a tougher opponent, like probably the, the toughest game they've played, considering it was on the road, like their toughest opponent in you know over a month, uh, aside from maybe that OKC game. But like it was a it was a really telling performance, I think, that this team has kind of uh, elevated themselves to a level that they weren't really at last year. So that's exciting. That's fun. Here's hoping yeah, Kyle Lowry's fine. Lamar had the exclamation mark, right, with that three over Middleton. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. <laughs> Middleton got punked last week, like, multiple times by both Kyle and DeMar. It was beautiful. Um, I, I don't know who hates Sports Illustrated more, Toronto or Chris Middleton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he got it rough, man. Like, there were that game on Monday. There was just like three or four. There was the one sequence I posted where Kyle uh, defended Middleton in the post and then went right back down and, and the whole uh, he got it to it came to him on a swing and he blew past Middleton for an and one. It was like, yeah, yeah Middleton, yeah, you're number thirty five. Uh, I don't know. It might be a little generous, but um, hey, Jay Crowder's coming on Thursday. Oh my God, yeah, that looks <laughs> that, that one looks even worse this year. Good Lord. What do you think? So Kevin O'Connor, uh, who's been a critic of the past of the Raptors, he tweeted tonight that uh, DeRozan should be getting some more MVP buzz. Do you agree with that? Uh, he should absolutely be getting more MVP buzz. Uh, it's sort of sad that it's taken this long, but yeah, he's definitely in the conversation now. I think with the Raptors' record, with the way he's playing, um, and he's giving everyone what they want. Uh yeah, you know he's he's giving his old fans the the feet work. He's giving the new fans the three pointers. He's giving them the assists. He's giving them the efficiency. So um, there isn't really anything to really pick on him about uh, in terms of being a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to finish like top three by any means. I, I kind of I talked about this with Wes on the podcast, but he as well. Um, like I think he's gonna have like the Isaiah Thomas type season where he like squeaks into fifth maybe in voting at this point. Yeah, um, I, I see him as a top five guy as well. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure I see him as a top five guy. Like I would say, um, and maybe injuries can change that. I suppose. Like I'd say LeBron and Harden for sure number one two. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I, I guess Russ is in there. Uh, maybe it's a little maybe, and I guess like Steph and KD are probably in there as well. Although who knows how many games are he's gonna play. Um, and you know maybe Butler is kind of in that same level as I'd say like Butler DeRozan is kind of a tier of its own right like where they're not really serious contenders to win the whole thing but could get it into the top five of the ballot which would be unbelievable for DeMar DeRozan to be a top five MVP uh, vote getter which uh, like if you were if I was to guess like of the two Raptors who was going to get MVP votes ahead of the other I would say Lowry a hundred times out of a hundred but man it's uh 
It's really awesome to see DeMar doing this right now. And it's kind of nice. Uh, the last two times he's been named Player of the Week, he kind of had a stinker on the Monday afterwards or the first game afterwards. There was a game against Dallas where he stunk. And then um, yep. I think it was against the Wizards or something like that. It was some Monday game after he won his first one where he was also pretty awful. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, very fun stuff to see DeMar uh, have a great game tonight. 35 points tonight again. And, uh, yeah, things are looking up aside from Kyle Lowry's booty. Here's yep. hoping... There's enough cushioning there to uh, to make sure. He One can... thing I will say, if if the Raptors were to end up with the top seed, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see how Demar can be outside of the top five. That's fair. I mean, yeah, with the winning stuff kind of being so. I mean, maybe Kyrie's in that running too. Although, whatever, Kyrie, blah. Uh, gross, but yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah. There's like certain candidates. There's there's certain types of candidates, right? There's the just like under like no doubt superstar, like that's the LeBron, Harden, Westbrook types. Like yeah, they're just in it every year. And then there are like the annual guys who will have incredible seasons for teams that win a ton of games. So there was like Joachim Noah a few years ago. I think he came third or fourth. There was Blake Griffin was a top three or four guy a couple seasons ago as well. Uh, Isaiah Thomas last year. Like I think that's probably the tier that he's in. And yeah, so if the Raptors do end up with a one seed, they're probably right there. Um, just the the vote based on the winning and all that stuff, they probably mm-hmm. will end up uh, in there. So that'll be. It's really one crazy that I, we're talking about this. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm yeah, fully in like shock. One, yeah. And so on that note, I think one thing that might work against him is sort of are voters mentally sort of ready to look at their ballot and look at names like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and put Demar ahead of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that's something that might work against them. I forgot, about, I forgot about Giannis too. He's probably in there still too. Although if the Raptors win, you know, fifteen. More if the games, Raptors win the conference, and I mean the yeah. Bucks, if they don't even finish with home court, right? yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But that's that, that's a, that's another thing. You know, people might just be so enamored with uh, Giannis and consider the fact that hey, if we can make Russell Westbrook the MVP with a forty-six win team, then why not Giannis, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, this will be fun, and if, if if I mean, this could also factor into Demar's candidacy as well. Is if Kyle does miss some time with this back thing or butt thing or whatever it is, um, and Demar does what he did last year when Demar when when Kyle went down, I mean that'll probably pad his numbers a little bit, pad his case a little bit more as well. So um, that is something to keep an eye on. Also tonight, the Raptors passed the Rockets for second in terms of point differential in the league. So that's a that's a thing. Fantastic. Uh, number two point differential team in the league. Maybe you should have an MVP candidate on there. I don't know. I, I again, I, I don't really. I, I my brain's not ready to accept Demar as a top five guy. But hey, uh, I'm not saying he's a top five guy in the league. Period. But like this season, he's been ridiculous. So um, I think it's gonna do it, man. Do you have anything you want to plug right now before I let you go? Uh, you know, I, I did the story on OG Ananobi and Delon Wright for Raptors Republic. I've got another. Uh, sort of feature coming out tomorrow. Uh, again, Raptors Republic. You can find my work there uh, and Sportsnet, and sort of all over the place. Follow me on Twitter at Vivekam Jacob, and that's about it. Sounds good, man. We will talk to you next week, and uh, here's hoping we have a healthy Kyle Lowry and a couple of nice performances against the Cavs and Warriors to talk about. Um, until then, make sure you're checking out Vivek's stuff. Follow him on Twitter. All do all that stuff because uh, he's much smarter than I am. And uh, he writes really great stuff. Wrote two great columns last week, and uh, you should check it out. So thanks again for coming on, man.
Thank you for having me. Cheers. Uh, everyone, make sure you're listening to Locked on Raptors on iTunes. Please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, and if you have any feedback or anything like that, feel free to leave that in the reviews and ratings and, and comments on iTunes. It's a, it's a great place to boost the numbers while also providing some feedback. So please do that. Just do it with five stars. It would be lovely of you to do. Um, and as I mentioned, Tuesday we got an episode with Wes Goldberg from Locked on Heat previewing the matchup against the Heat on Tuesday night. Going to be recording one Wednesday with Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs. We're going to tee up that game. Should be a good time. I think I'll be at the game against the Cavs on Thursday as well, so hopefully I can do a podcast around that. And, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff coming this week. So thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Cheers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.